Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. In the name of our loving, life-giving, and liberating God, amen. Please be seated. Holy Week begins with a march, and the work of this week begins in the streets, and we might be finding ourselves at this point in the service a little bit uncomfortable. We've changed enough, there are fewer readings, there is more singing, it's confusing. But the strangeness has a purpose. And this week, we tell our central story. And Christians tell a story of great public loss, of suffering, of betrayal. Hope for Christians is quietly hidden in the mess of great loss. And this week, we tell a story that seems at times preposterous. Jesus, one of the victims of history, triumphs over the tyranny of evil, over the tyranny of violence, even over that old tyrant death. And the story is hard to tell. It takes us all week. And in telling this story, we learn. For Christians, there is no escape. Even if it makes us feel silly, especially if it's hard, there is no escape. The only way out is through, and the only way through is together. Two years ago, in the midst of the pandemic, footage of our Palm Sunday march led by the Gaslight Squares, it ended up on the local news. And a few of the congregation members reached out to me after they saw themselves dancing through the streets on TV. The emotions were, shall we say, mixed. There was some delight, for sure, but there was also some dread. Mike, if we keep getting coverage like this, people might know I'm a church-going Christian. I'll leave that quote unsourced. (laughs) I suspect because the cameras showed up on Palm Sunday, there's a bit more to the emotion. This is a day that starts out silly and ends up deadly serious. This is a day when we juxtapose joy and sorrow, laughter and pain. And it is a strange thing to be seen on the news waving palms on an early spring day, dancing with a parasol. You can't capture the whole image of Palm Sunday, all the emotion with a camera. If all that people see of our church is the parade, then they might think we're a bit strange. And I think that's part of the point of Christianity. Flannery O'Connor is often quoted as having said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you odd. Certainly there was oddness on the day of Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem. The oddness was intentional. The oddness was the point. Because Jesus' march was a protest. The theologians John Dominic Crossan and Marcus Borg, they note that Jesus' band wasn't the only procession arriving in Jerusalem that week. That same week, Pontius Pilate had paraded up from Caesarea on the sea, surrounded by legions of decorated soldiers to quote-unquote keep the peace at the Passover. And from the hilltops in the east, in the Mount of Olives, 
where Jesus was saying he and his followers would have been able to see Pilate's dust cloud on the horizon, all those soldiers on the move. You could have heard the hoofbeats of Pilate's army, the spears and shields clanging, the steel glinting in the sun. Jesus' march is a response to the authoritarian parade arriving at the other side of the holy city, marching up from the sea. From the edge of the wilderness, marching through a graveyard, Jesus unites the riffraff, the vulnerable, those who would be policed by all of Pilate's power. And Jesus' followers, they cast off their cloaks, give all that they have. They stay vulnerable and playful and brave. And Jesus' band waves branches, signs of peace, when Pilate's soldiers would have carried the world's most advanced weapons. Hosanna! is the shout of people who, by all accounts, should consider themselves beaten. We know a little bit about living with those who should consider themselves beaten. Our parish accompanies a nonprofit, a non-governmental organization, Christosol, which represents the victims of violence and human rights abuses in Central America. The context, especially in El Salvador, the first country where Christosol started, it's bleak right now. This week marked the one-year anniversary of something called the State of Exception, a martial law instituted by El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukele. A year ago, Bukele suspended laws of habeas corpus, and his State of Exception has been used to lock up over 65,000 people, most of them without any real trial. In this context, Crisosol has functioned almost like the ACLU for El Salvador. They've been working to try to just get insulin to diabetics, to secure the release of nonviolent offenders, to document the abuse. In spite, and in fact because of his tactics, President Bukele has broad public support. How can someone who so blatantly violates human rights be so popular? An answer comes from a St. Louisan, Sarah Kenzior, and she's a scholar of authoritarian regimes and a journalist. She holds a PhD in anthropology from WashU, and she wrote these words a few years ago about living in authoritarianism, and the words went viral a few different times because there's so much resonance. She writes, authoritarianism is not merely a matter of state control. It is something that eats away at who you are. It makes you afraid, and fear can make you cruel. It compels you to conform and comply and accept things that you would never accept, to do things you never thought you would do. She goes on, authoritarian regimes can take everything from you in material terms, your house, your job, your ability to speak and move freely. They cannot take away who you truly are. They can never truly know you, and that is your power. But to protect and wield this power, you need to know yourself right now, before their methods permeate. You, before you accept the obscene and unthinkable as normal. We are headed into dark times, she says, and you need to be your own light. Do not accept brutality and cruelty as normal. Some would argue that the problem extends beyond Central America. 
that here in middle America, we are living through darkening days. Our state government is making brutal and cruel laws against teachers, against the LGBTQ plus community, against science and history itself. Our state government keeps trying to put more guns in more places, even when guns are the leading cause of death for children. There seems to be no talking sense to these politicians. We've tried. Still, we cannot accept brutality and cruelty as normal. We have to respond. Inarguably, the days of Jesus under Rome's empire were a case study in surviving authoritarianism. We can look to these stories to know how to respond. Pilate's cruelty was too much even for Rome. The historian Josephus tells us that Pilate was removed as governor because of the violence with which he put down a revolt by the Roman Empire. Can you imagine? As we hear the story of how Jesus was condemned, as we join the shouts later, crucify him, remember who sat as judge. Remember who commanded the armies. Remember how scared Jesus' neighbors were of their tyrant governor. In the face of brutality, normalcy looks odd. In the face of self-serving politics, care for the vulnerable seems strange. In the face of cruelty, the self-sacrificing way of love, the way of Jesus, it's out of step. If we want to follow Jesus, we need to be out of step with the drumbeats of a cruel society. The most important response to the dehumanizing forces of the world is to stay human. Let me say that again. The most important response to dehumanizing forces is to stay human. Incidentally, when I wrote that line, immediately the band of John Batiste, one of my favorite jazz musicians, came to mind. He called his band Stay Human. And he described their early concerts as love riots. The band would often gather in the streets of New York for protests, and he said that they played as a way of remembering who we are in a world that seeks to erase our humanity. Stay human. Stay odd. Stay true to who you are. Stay out of step with the forces of conformity and deformity and despair. Keep dancing. It may not look like much, but it is the only thing that really matters. In recent weeks, I've told you that your Easter joy will be directly proportional to your engagement in Holy Week. I believe that to be true, because in our darkest hours, it helps to know well the story of Jesus's life, of the end of Jesus's life. In the Holy Week story, we find a master class on how to face down cruelty and pain, betrayal and loss. This story can help us when we face loss, when we face despair in our own life. In this story, we find hope. And we tell this story through the whole week, and you're invited to join in. On Thursday, stand around this table and participate in Jesus' Last Supper. Wash one another's feet and remember the humble origins of Jesus's movement for love. On Friday, take time to mourn, to mourn the wrongful death of a human being condemned by a perversion of justice, mocked and executed at the hands of a violent state. 
late on Saturday, gather with us in the dark, kindle the fire of hope, pass through death into life. Holy Week tells us there is no way in this life to escape pain. There's no way to escape grief. There may be times when we can't escape the authoritarian tendencies of governments and the betrayal of friends. There are times when the only way out is through, and the only way through is together. Hosanna is the cry of history's supposed losers, banded together. Hosanna is a song of rebellion, the rebellion of the highest heaven through the weary throats of Earth's lowliest subjects. Hosanna says, you will not take our self-worth, you will not take our faith, you cannot take our dignity. Hosanna is joyous rebellion in the face of despair. So shout Hosanna this day. Let Hosanna's ring even from hospital gurneys, even from prisons in El Salvador, even in the halls of the Missouri Capitol. Risk making a fool of yourself in front of your neighbors. Be a fool for love, because you can, because you continue to cast your lot with humanity over tyranny. Shout Hosanna, and then buckle down to pray and dance and stay human through what comes next.